Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action. I can guarantee you it's one area of the building I won't be using because we all know how little time I'm spending in any weight room. A lot of crazy scenarios that can happen and need to happen for the defending MAC tournament champions. Uh, the assist numbers spoke for themselves. Looking forward to the trip down to Akron. Uh, sure, Akron. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. It's a week of change around the country, and it's a week of change here on the Eastern Insider Podcast as we come to you once again. I'm Greg Satter. I'm Alex Jewell. Thrilled to have you along with us. It is Martin Luther King Day around the country here in the U.S. We have Inauguration Day coming up on Wednesday. That means change is about and no different here on the Eastern Insider. We'll talk this week on a number of topics, but changing, Alex, the seasons uh, more specifically, as well as changing attitudes for students athletes, coaches, and so many more as we get the chance to talk with Tariq Spates today on his efforts to help the Eastern Michigan community unite and make change through social causes as the football team hosted a rally and a march through Ypsilanti earlier today. Yeah, they did, Greg. Tariq Spates, a football player who's very vocal about his beliefs and trying to push for peaceful change and unity is his big message uh, among all of his teammates, the community, black, white, red, brown, green, blue. He doesn't care. He just wants everybody to be together in unity and uh, uh, live their life in peace. And so him delivering that message today was inspiring. Did a really nice job setting up a nice in-person uh, portion of the event before a virtual uh, roundtable panel discussion with three really prominent leaders here in Washtenaw County. Sheriff Clayton, of course, is one of them, and then a couple other leaders from the community as well. So I'm sure that'll be available via recording, and we'll get you those details as soon as we have them. Um, certainly something that could benefit everybody to be a part of that conversation. But a really important message from him on a day where we all know Martin Luther King Jr. and his contributions, but I think something that often gets forgotten, Greg, is not just a day to remember him, but Martin Luther King would have wanted today to be a day of not of rest, but of thinking and activism as well. Uh, Certainly one of the best examples of promoting that unity among everybody and equal treatment. Yeah, Eastern and the athletic community overall, if you look on campus, they had, of course, their usual MLK celebration. They had leaders in giving a, a panel that was widely followed on on Zoom and social media today, and then EMU Athletics trying to do its part as well, changing the community. So stay tuned for the interview with Tariq coming up. We also have a change in the seasons. Normally, it would be the end of volleyball season, but instead now it's the beginning of volleyball season as they get their campaign going on this weekend down in Kent, Ohio. So we get a chance to catch up with head coach Darcy Dorton to talk with her about their upcoming campaign, and they have a lot of change. Gone is Cassie Hout, who you've been relied on for years to be that consistent force in the middle. She helped bring Eastern Michigan its first ever Mid-American Conference Tournament title. She's graduated now. It's Frankie Streffling and company. Time to step up, and I think they have a really good shot this year. Well, they do have a good shot. They have a lot of good talent, and if you think that the teams that did compete in the fall, like football, and then of course basketball starting up, had to wait their turn and were 
fancy to get uh, on the field and on the court, then you have no idea what the volleyball players are going through because they were supposed to start even before football or right at the same time and miss that portion of their season. Uh, so everything being pushed back and now finally ready to get things underway. And that's something Coach Jordan talked about is just the pure excitement level that they have. And an interesting year, too, because not only are they starting late, but the, the schedule and the way it's set up a little bit different. Greg, no non-conference. And then this week uh, or this year, we'll see weekends that feature matches against the same team. Usually they would see two different teams in a weekend. That won't be the case this year. So Coach Jordan has a little bit different strategy to have to try to work with as well uh, this year. But an exciting look uh, at their season ahead when we talk to Coach Jordan later on in the program. A busy, busy week around EMU athletics. If you're denoting it, there is no men's game on Tuesday against Western Michigan. A COVID issue within the Broncos program has postponed that. No rescheduled date yet forthcoming. We then have women's basketball on the road in Mount Pleasant at 5 o'clock. Notice the time change coming up on Wednesday and then a weekend that we'll see you have volleyball at Kent State on Friday and Saturday. A basketball doubleheader with Ball State on the women's side beginning at noon, followed by a men's game against Miami at 5.30. And then you add the fun of EMU gymnastics opening their year at home. Bowling Green on Sunday at 1 o'clock start. And that doesn't even take into consideration track, who's also getting going. So a large, large weekend in store for us. A lot of good things to look forward to, too. You mentioned gymnastics. What a start for them they had in Philadelphia at the Temple Triangular last weekend, Greg. A come-from-behind victory. I've never been so excited watching gymnastics on TV than I was in their final rotation. They had to come from behind on the vault. They certainly Were you slamming the cheesesteak as you were watching? Uh, no cheesesteaks for me. I'm trying to cut back, but I would have been happy to have a celebratory cheesesteak for Katie Minnesota and their program because that was certainly a statement victory coming out of the gates. And then you mentioned basketball. Some big games coming up on the women's side, too. A trip to Central Michigan. 13 straight, Greg. Central Michigan has won over Eastern. A little bit of momentum on the Eagles side of things. Three wins in a row for them. On the other side, Central, two straight losses, so a great chance to go up and knock off the chips on their home court. No that pressure. Was- when I was the EMU women's basketball SID, we never lost to Central. We went like five, <laughs> six years without a loss. Uh, I hand the baton off, and what is going on? Oh, Gregory, would you like to check our records in football? No. no. Exactly. Silence. Silence. Don't even go there with me, because we can play this game all day. So Give me the wrench. Yeah, exactly. Nonetheless, some great opportunities this weekend to catch up uh, on all your Eastern Mission Athletic teams. Remember, if the games aren't on live television or radio, you can always stay up to date with our social media for live updates. Uh, follow the individual teams as well as EMU Athletics and visit EMUEagles.com because it's the best place to find all the recaps, stats, uh, and updates as well for all the programs. It's also your opportunity to still take home prizes. Not only are we continuing to give away prizes for listening to this podcast, if you also interact during EMU basketball games, you have your chance to get, take home t-shirts as well as other goodies from our uh, store downstairs of all the fun, whether it's t-shirts or other knickknacks, you too can get all the fun just by following EMU Athletics on social media. One of these days we'll give away a signed Greg Steiner poster and that one will be special. We don't want to scare the children, Alex. <laughs> no, that's only if we give away a picture of Rob Rubick, our football broadcaster. Big old Rubes hug. He has bat- football this weekend, MHSAA, so maybe the stars of Eastern Michigan of tomorrow playing this weekend on the football side of things. So good luck to everybody in the state finals. Absolutely. More on the Eastern Insider right after this. Be sure to download the Eastern Michigan Game Day app. 
Available in the App Store and Google Play. The EMU Athletics app features live video, real-time social streams, scoreboards, stats, and more. An entire app dedicated to Eastern Athletics. Download the EMU Athletics app today. Normally, we'd be recapping EMU volleyball season as they would have just concluded what would have been Darcy Dorton's second year at Eastern Michigan as the head coach. Instead, she's getting ready to begin year number two as volleyball season about ready to get going here in just a few more days. Coach, you look at it, how weird is it to say it's January and I'm just about to begin my season? (laughs) It's uh, definitely a unique situation that we are in right now. I'm really excited for this opportunity though to kind of embark on a season that's never been done before. Um, I think it's a really great opportunity to leave our mark and um, I'm excited to get started. This year, different story that you're only playing conference games, which allows you to get right into it. The the heart of a volleyball season is conference play, and you'll be at Kent State. What is it normally going to be like? You, you play teams usually twice a year in conference play, but now you're going to be playing them back-to-back, which is an oddity, but it also allows you to, to learn, not have to scout a team twice because you're just playing them consecutively. Um, From a coaching load, it's an exciting change because we won't have to scout for two opponents every weekend. We just get to really focus in on one opponent. Um, We are expecting that rosters will change, though, and you will walk into a facility and probably be playing a few players that you maybe weren't um, scouted for. And so we want to have the best scouting report that we can, but also train our girls that things may change and we may have to make some last-minute adjustments on the road and to not get too caught up in how we think things should be, but be flexible um, and be ready to pivot quickly and and uh, make the changes that we need to make to make ourselves successful. When you talk about the, the importance of scattering reports, certainly uh, your team around you helps you with that. And that team around you has changed up a little bit this offseason. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, the new coaching additions that you guys have on your staff? Yeah, so Cassie Cadera is back for year two. Um, she was my first hire as a head coach. And um, if I, I think if I've done anything right in my coaching career, it's hiring these two assistants. So we're really excited to have Cassie back. And then uh, we will have a new face on the sidelines in um, Tyler Golston. And Tyler has a big time level volleyball experience. He um, got his coaching start in the Big Ten helping out Purdue. And so he's seen volleyball at the highest level. And he's also played volleyball at the highest level. He played at Purdue Fort Wayne as kind of a setter DS. And he's really doing a great job working with all of our players, um, where Cassie is primarily a setting coach. So she does a lot with Jade Notto. She does a lot um, with our offense. Um, Tyler's doing a lot with our blockers right now, and then also our ball control people. So yeah, they're adding, they're, they're two great up-and-coming assistant coaches, and we're really excited to have them on our staff. One of the changes that you'll have to face this year is uh, you've been so accustomed to seeing Cassie Hout out there for you the last few years. She's been just a consistent force and losing her ability as a captain to help drive the ship. You've got some upperclassmen now that that will, will fill that role, Frankie Streffling and, and, of course, April having to, to do that, Chris Spate as well now a, a senior. What do you see that that three seniors really contributing and how do they, how's their leadership have to step up? 
Yeah, so you, you mentioned Cassie Hout, so I'll start with her. Um, Cassie Hout was an incredible player for us and probably the most dominant player we've had in recent history. Um, she is leaving shoes that you can't expect one person to step in and fill. I mean, not only was she scoring points for us on the court, but she was also a real leader off the court too in the way that she communicated with underclassmen, the way she helped to organize things within the team. Um, she did she did a, a lot for our program. She really did. And so we're looking at really like what you talked about. We're looking at everybody to step up and take on a little bit at a time. Um, and so I think that's what you will see once we start playing, that we're not asking any one person to go out and provide four kills a set like Cassie used to be able to do. We're looking at everybody to pick up a little bit here and there, uh, both performance-wise and leadership-wise. You're uh, one of the coaches first that we've talked to in this series on the Eastern Insider podcast, uh, where your team has missed the season that would have been uh, in terms of normal scheduling. We've talked to Kemp Savage, who, albeit his, his schedule is a little bit different, but his team still got to get out this fall and do a little bit of activity. Of course, football ended up getting to play a condensed uh, season, and basketball did start on time. So I'm interested to know when you're when you're down at practice, when you're talking with your girls. Of course, every Division One college athlete is hungry to start a new season and is motivated, but have you seen maybe a new level kind of that excitement to finally get back to the court? Because it's been over a year since uh, girls have had the opportunity to, to play against other people. Yeah, no, I think, I think you touched on it exactly, Alex. Like we do what we do because we love to compete. We love to play against other teams. We love to challenge ourselves and kind of measure ourselves, measure our own capabilities based on, you know, what others are capable of doing. And you miss a little bit of that when you are in, an entire year of training. And so we really just tried to keep the girls focused on the process. Um, as athletes, you, you are trained to be goal oriented. You want to hit these numbers. You want to hit this, this, these amount of wins. You want to, you know, ha have very concrete goals and not having competition season kind of take to, took, took away from some of that. And so we really focused on setting day-to-day -day goals, um, come into the gym, focus on getting 1% better every day, take the opportunity that you're presented with, even if it's not the most ideal opportunity, you still have an opportunity to come in and get better and to focus on that process. And I think we've seen a lot of really good growth, not just in individual skills, but also um, as a team. We took the first few months of this, this um, quarantine, uh, we took the first few months of this situation and really focused on, you know what, we can't be together in person, but how can we still grow and how can we still become a tighter unit and find ways to get better if we're not in the gym? And I'm really excited to see some of that um, culture, the cultural changes that we've made um, start to impact our performance in a positive way. Well, we're talking with other coaches. We've we've certainly seen some of their student athletes have to be creative in ways that they were were staying involved in the game. On the football side of things, we we saw some guys that went out and built their own weights out of out of concrete. Uh, I, I know when you look at social media, Frankie was in the gym every day working out, out on the west side of the state. But what are some unique stories that uh, you saw some of your kids have to go through, or even yourself? How how did how did you stay motivated? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, yeah, Frankie, uh, Frankie has the blessing. I, I, there's so many things that I love about Frankie, but Frankie was raised in the gym, quite literally. Uh, her, her dad coaches and runs a club uh, volleyball program. So she was able to actually get into the gym 
because the gym was a part of her quarantine. <laughs> um, so she was, she was very lucky that she was able to make the most of that situation. Um, but with, with our girls, we, we tried to share as many at-home volleyball exercises as you can. Um, I know that a lot of them probably frustrated their parents by beating a ball against the wall outside of their house or hitting up, hitting volleyballs up on their roof, trying to create ways to get touches in different situations. And our, our girls are pretty creative and they've definitely become very resilient. So um, we, we were able to find some ways to train. I'm trying to think of, trying to think of one story, but nothing's coming to me right now. Yeah. Coach, you know, here on the Eastern Insider, we're not afraid to uh, give our real opinions and, and <laughs> If uh, I'm sorry to the following programs if they're listening, but I'm not afraid to say it. There's no denying Darcy Dorton, my favorite volleyball coach in the MAC. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Ray Gooden. Got Second is of course Colleen Munson over at Western Michigan, and I know they're rival, but I will say Colleen is is my girl. And just last week, I actually got to run into her when we were over there for when women's basketball. And it's funny, she left her practice to come talk to our staff. And one thing she asked me was, "Hey, I'm really struggling to kind of understand what's gonna. What are some of the biggest differences you've seen at live sporting events? Because we're trying to get our girls prepared for what's going to be different. And I'm interested to know from your perspective, what are you anticipating as some of the biggest changes this year, or or what are some of the things that you think you know what when it comes down to starting a match it's not going to matter good question yeah that is a really good question um i think the most immediate thing you're going to see is the difference in fan engagement um not being able to have as many fans or fans at all in some arenas is going to change um some of the the atmosphere that we're used to playing in um but like i like i like i told the girls like we're final after after an entire calendar year of not being able to compete I don't care where we compete. Uh, we, we can go and we can play in a barn. I just want to be able to play. And I think that that's kind of the attitude that our girls have embraced. You know, it, the, the fans we love and we're going to miss that atmosphere, but we're going to still go out and try and put on the best show that we can, regardless of the atmosphere that we get to play in. So I'm expecting to see a lot more fan, or sorry, um, athlete driven energy and excitement um, to the way that we compete and our celebrations. Obviously, as coaches, we're dealing a lot with like the new track, the ways that we're traveling and some of the logistics stuff that is going to have to change and adapt. Um, but I, I'm excited that it is, it's going to feel like it's more about the kids. It's more about the girls and, and the way that they play and making the best experience for them, which is what it should be about anyways. Hold on more energy out of the girls oh, more self-made energy you guys are literally jumping up and down after every point in a match I can't even imagine what more energy is going to look like but uh, I'm certainly excited for it well we'll need people to tune into those ESPN matches because it's going to be exciting to watch here with Dar Darcy Dorton on the Eastern Insider podcast the head volleyball coach at Eastern Michigan when people look at your team you've got four fresh faces that are coming in as freshmen um in recruiting wise you've continued to build on the base that you've had the, the past few years after this team was able to win the MAC championship and go to an NCAA tournament. But the kids you're bringing in this year, what can people expect to see out of, out of those four? Yeah, um, they're, they're four really great kids. Um, that was one thing that we really wanted to go out this year and, and find was the right fit, um, the right personality, the right kind of students, um, the right kind of, just, just people. And I think that's really what we got with the, with these four. 
Um, we've, we went out and got two uh, Michigan products, which we're excited about. We're keeping it in the home state um, and, get, you know, they're going to get to to play in front of home, what feels like hometown crowds in both Bella Holmes and Kayla Smith. And then we've also got Olivia Zeiler, who is from the Chicago area. Um, she's going to be one to watch over the next four years. Um, she's battling an injury right now. But as soon as we get her healthy, I know she's going to provide a lot of excitement for us. Um, and then Journey Barsh is somebody who um, is really focusing on raising her level in practice. Um, and, you know, April has been a, April Houston has been a great leader for Journey in particular because they have very similar styles of play. And um, so what, you, what you've been able to see out of April for the last four years is kind of where we're trying to, to help Journey develop. Um, they're, really, they're a really great group of girls. Um, and like I said, even better people. We've seen a lot of great volleyball over the last couple of years, including, of course, that chip that came just a couple of years ago. Uh, last year, some struggles at times, some really good volleyball at times as well. What are some of the biggest things as a team you're looking to improve on this year and that we should expect to see uh, when your team takes the court? Yeah, um, coming off of last year, we really just wanted to focus in on that mentality of you either win or you learn. And so the moments that we did struggle last year, what did we learn from it? And how are we going to make sure that we don't repeat the same mistakes this year? Um, I think we're going to see a much better consistency out of this group's performance. Um, not as many, not as extreme of highs, but also not as extreme of lows with these guys. Uh, and we've got a really, a really good volleyball group. And so I feel really confident with our ability to not just score points, but also extend rallies when we need to just keep balls in play and wear our opponents down. Um, it's going to, it's going to look like a little bit of a different group from what we experienced last year, but I think it's still really going to be very high level volleyball. We talk about learning and your team learned on the floor, but you, as a head coach, last year, you slide over from the, the assistant chair to, to the big chair. It's different when, when you're the assistant and now you're the head coach. What have you learned from year one to year two? Um, I really am just very thankful for the mentors that I have had um, who, who were able to help me through this transition. First off, I mean, Kimmy Olson, she is the one who brought me into Eastern and then her departure is what opened up the opportunity for me to stay here and become a head coach. And so her, her leadership and mentorship with me definitely helped me feel prepared for this opportunity. And so I'm really grateful, really grateful for her. And then, you know, the two coaches that I had in college have made themselves available for me to call with any kind of questions or advice. And there, there were, there were some struggles with last year. And so having those people to lean on and go to um, was instrumental. I mean, it was just like, yeah, it was, it was great. It was great to have those resources in my corner. All right. Well, let, let you get out of here on this one. That's a tough okay. question. <laughs> some other, other coaches, this, if you could trade places with any of the other head coaches in the department for just a, a, even one day or a week, what sport, are you are you switching with and why okay um that is an interesting question i will say that i am pretty jealous of the new football facility that we have built um and i i do have a bad habit of living in my office so i might want to trade spaces with creighton and get to be over in that uh the new football offices and hang out over there for a day well you, um, you got the windows that can see each other so maybe you get yeah. like you both can get one of those laser guns and just kind of <laughs> fire back and forth at each other. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably that's probably who I would go with right off the bat. 
but I, I, I love the pool. I love, I've always loved being around the pool and being around um, that environment. So going over there and working with swimmers might be fun too. I've always really been jealous of gymnasts. I was always too tall to be a gymnast, but I think that what those guys are able to do and the way that they're able to throw their bodies around and swing around different apparatuses is pretty remarkable. So I, that, I mean, there's a lot of really great options here at Eastern. Yeah, that's a tough one. I can say, I don't think with your height that uh, the no, floor yeah. or the, the vault would be real good. But. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I, yeah, and I, I love the pool too, because every time I go over there, I think I drop about 10 pounds in water weight. So those <laughs> are, are tough. And I, you know... I, I don't want to speak for Andrew and facilities and he'll probably kill me if he hears this, but maybe we, maybe we start to, you know, building up the brick wall before you guys come out of your locker room. Uh, (laughs) I think you girls could take it down. (laughs) I think that'd be a pretty fun challenge. Yeah. (laughs) And you do, I do have one follow up because you did mention that you basically live in your office and and that's true. (laughs) Purchase renter's insurance on that thing. (laughs) That with that comes, I think you are probably the single largest account that DoorDash has. Oh my gosh. Ypsilanti area. What are some of your go-tos uh, when you're getting takeout in Ypsilanti? Uh, I would say Chipotle, but I had a tough experience with them yesterday trying to get an order delivered here from Chipotle. So, um, I think we're going to be in real trouble once Chick-fil-A opens back up on campus now. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting some Chick-fil-A pretty soon. <laughs> Nothing That's wrong. a funny question, Alex. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, as your team gets ready, plenty of matches on, on ESPN as uh, we wrap up. Fans can follow you if they're not able to make it this year by watching on, on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Um, give us some final thoughts on how people can, can interact with your team, even though they may not be able to fully be here. Yeah, I would say, um, like you touched on, we love, we, I think that we put together a really great ESPN production. So I would definitely encourage fans to check that out. We're going to have more matches streaming, it sounds like, too, on the road than we've ever had. Um, the Mac is really doing a great job of making those matches available. And so we would encourage fans to obviously check out those ESPN broadcasts, um, along with following our social medias. We've got a great team here, led, of course, by these two guys, but also Mary does a fantastic job producing content for us for our social media account. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, check those out. Volleyball gets underway in just a a couple days. Darcy, best of luck on your season. We know we're going to catch up with you plenty of times throughout it and and certainly look forward to, to catching up with you on those ESPN broadcasts as well. Thank you. Quick timeout, more on the Eastern Insider after this. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. An important day for everybody in the country as we celebrate the life of Martin Luther King Jr. and all that he did to progress the argument in favor of social justice and racial stability. It's certainly an interesting time in the world we live in today as a lot of those tensions are now back at the forefront and nobody in, within Eastern Michigan has been more vocal about trying to do everything he can to help spread the message of peace and unity then Tariq Spates from the Eastern Michigan football team. He's with us now on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Tariq, first and foremost, 
how are you doing? And give us just a brief um, couple of thoughts on what MLK Day means to you. Hi, uh, appreciate you guys having me on here. Um, I'm doing good. Uh, it's been an awesome day for me. ML MLK Day, like to me, it, it means a lot. It, it definitely means like celebrating um, the life of Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and all he's done for people of my skin color, um, but just not just people of my skin color, but like for humanity um, itself. Um, I, I think having powerful people like him grace this earth um, ultimately makes it better. Unfortunate that he was taken from this earth, uh, earth so soon. Um, but the time that he was here, like he, it was impactful and it was powerful. That, that's kind of what it means to me. For those that weren't able to participate in the events today, give us a brief overview of what you put together. And you were certainly, um, I know that you speak highly of everybody that participated and, and helped out. But at the end of the day, I mean, you did organize uh, a great set of events for today's celebration. Tell us a little bit about uh, what the events looked like and how that came to be. Yeah, no, and you kind of touched on it. Like, I always want to give credit to everyone that helped out because as a leader, like, you, you got to know that you can't do everything by yourself. Um, the great leaders understand that, and I'm trying to become one. Um, so th thank you to our video staff, to the two of you for coming out and supporting it. Um, the, the community of Ypsilanti that came out and supported it as well. Um, and then definitely my my boys on the football team, um, including my coaches who came out. Um, but we kind of just came together. Myself and some other leaders on the team decided that uh, we wanted to do something um, based off a talk that I had with Coach Creighton. Um, me being a SAC member, um, we have a lot of things planned for uh, Black History Month, um, but we definitely didn't want to miss this opportunity um, to kind of celebrate the life of Martin Luther King Jr. Um, but also like continue pushing and like speaking on the issues that are going on today. We had the issues that just happened at the Capitol last week. Um, and like I, I, I had had a conversation with Coach Creighton um, and we talked about like how it felt like there was a dip in um, the surge for like the Black Lives Matter movement during the season and stuff like that. And in some respects, yes, I do feel like there was a dip. But at the end of the day, me being an African-American male, there's no dip for me. I wake up and I and I feel that. I feel how the world views me, how the world views other people who look like me. It's not something that you could just take a day off from. Um, so when this being a day off, technically for most of the world, like we decided to apply more pressure. Um, so it was awesome that my team was able to come out um, and they showed up and we walked around the town, just making making our our presence known and how we feel about stuff going on. Um, and if you looked at the group, it was a very diverse group. It wasn't just African-American people there. It wasn't just white people there. Um, we're, we're a team, many different backgrounds, socio-economical uh, backgrounds, um, different cities, different states, even some different countries. Um, but we were all together out there, not just protesting, but like unifying together. That that was the big uh, focus for today to like come and unite together. Um, there's a lot of stuff in the media and all that being very divisive. Right now, our country needs for everyone to come together and not to be going through more years and more um, more times of being divisive it's not black versus white it's not republican versus democrat it's everyone versus everyone versus racism it's everyone versus anything bad going out in the world right now drink i know you and i have had the conversation for for a while about this and difficult to have conversations when we come from different backgrounds but when it gets down to it so many people have politicized this in, in a way that 
are, are trying to take away from the true message. It's not, as you said, it's not a red versus blue or anybody. It's, it's a getting everybody to realize everybody is equal and unique in their own way. When you look at that, and I, you talked about it today, when even your teammates, you can have those disagreements and discussions. It doesn't mean you guys don't love each other any less. Yeah. Uh, with, with going into what you're talking about with my teammates, like when I got recruited here, Coach Creighton talked about how this is a brotherhood. And like ever since I've like committed here, like I felt that every each and every day, 24-7, I've had conversations heated conversations with my uh, brothers on the team, different stuff, whether it be politics, whether it be, um, like you said, we come from different backgrounds. We're able to be respectful and respect that we can like almost agree to disagree about stuff. Um, and in most people's circumstances, you think that would be a barrier for some of them to come out to something like this today. I feel like it brought more people out. So I highlighted that earlier today, but like it brought more people out. And that just speaks to the culture that we have here at Eastern. Um, it truly is a family. It truly is a brotherhood. And being able to expand that outside of more than just a football team, like I'm part of a football team, so it's kind of easy for me, but like being able to do that with other people on campus, other people in our community, that's where we're going to start to see the change that we want to see. Um, and the unity that we want to see in this country. A huge part of the coaching staff there as well. And I know that you have mentioned talking to Coach Creighton um, and how open the dialogue has been with him. What does it mean not only to see some of your coaches out there, but then to see someone like Coach Hale or Coach, Coach Creighton get up in front of everybody and not just be there, but be an active part? of an event like today. Yeah, definitely. It, it's, uh, it, it was huge for me to, the first part seeing my coaches there. Um, I think the majority of my coaching staff were there. And if they weren't there, it was probably because of something else that they texted me and say they had uh, prior, um, prior like conflicts with that. But um, it, it, it's huge. And then to hear the coaches, like you say, not just be there, but be active in what they were doing was huge. Um, Coach Hale, uh, Coach Page, Coach Creighton, they all spoke, um, but like all the coaches voiced their support for what I was doing, reached out to me throughout the week um, and reached out to me consistently asking if there's anything they could do to help. Um, so I, I think that's a huge part. And that's one of the reasons that I'm here is because um, the awesome family and the awesome brotherhood that we have here. And it's not just the guys on the team who go out and play, but it's also the coaches, it's the support staff, it's guys like you um, who are all here to help. And I think that speaks something about the uh, the culture that we just have here at Eastern Michigan, which is awesome. So speaking of culture, when you look at it, Eastern is in a in a marketplace here in Washtenaw County where you've got Ann Arbor, which is right next door, having the ability to partner with with the University of Michigan, something that you did for an earlier rally this year, but also the aspect that you have a, a sheriff in, in Jerry Clayton who has been in your shoes before. He's been an EMU football player. He's lived in the county. And, of course, he's African-American. How much does having a guy like that, one, help you spread your message and educate people, but also how much do you use him as a, a leader and a mentor to help you guide in, in your aspect as well? Definitely. Like, I, I kind of spoke to it um during our virtual podcast, but all three of the guest speakers that we've had, um, I feel have inspired me in their own different ways. And I met them in all different 
like aspects. Um, Sheriff uh, Jerry Clayton was someone who uh, Coach Craden Coach introduced me to when we were doing the um, protests back in June or August, whatever it was. Um, but through that, like him and I have developed a relationship. Um, I'm able to like, like growing up as a kid, you think that like you're gonna be able to like have, if you somewhere to say you're gonna be able to have a conversation um, with the sheriff of a county. And it's, it really is awesome to see black men and women. Um, and that's what all three of the guest speakers were in positions of power, um, in positions of leadership in their individual respects. So I think that's awesome coming from me, um, someone who I, I grew up in a predominantly white community. Um, so to see that um, was pretty awesome to me. And it's really awesome to be able to have those relationships with those type of people. And then, like you said, like use them as a mentorship. I wanted, I grew, I went to college wanting to be a police officer. Um, and that's still something I could see myself doing down the line. Um, but seeing seeing and hearing um, Sheriff Jerry Clayton in that position right now and what he's doing and why he's doing it, um, it it's just big um, to be able for him to feel vulnerable enough to express that to not just us, but everyone who listened on the podcast today or on the uh, panel today was, was really cool. For skills. I mean, you talked about wanting to, to become a, a police officer. That still might be something, but we hope that you continue to play football for a very, very long time. You were part of a, an Eastern defense this year that uh, had, had a bounce back season, helping the team in your linebacker role. What was your biggest takeaway this year from using some of those skills that you've learned in this leadership role to help this football team on the field as well? It was big. Uh, this, this was personally my first year, uh, first full year starting on a Division One football team, something like also growing up as a kid, like that was always a dream. So to actually live it, it was huge. Um, but I, I think more and more like I'm being compared as a leader on our team. There's also, there's a bunch of guys on our team who I also start right next to, to, and I take from like, I look up to them um, for leadership. So guys like Terry Myrick, um, someone who kind of put me under his wing as soon as I got here um, and we were battling each other for a position. Um, guys like Noski, he's not a very big vocal leader um, like I would say myself is, but he like when he does speak, it's powerful. But I think all in all, as a as a football program and as a football team, um, we grew up a lot this year. Um, there's a lot of social issues going on, um, and we're we're talking about them right now. But I I feel like I've never been closer to a football team in my life than I am to the guys that we have right now. Um, we learned a lot about each other. My individual linebacking group. I think we ended up having. 60 to like 70 meetings virtually before we were able to come back on campus. Um, and we didn't spend all that time just talking about football. We learned more and more about each other, who, who they are, what they do with their family. Um, so I, I think that was an awesome part of this team. And it all goes back to the culture that like we have here at Eastern. Um, but I, I, I'm really excited for the future of this program. Um, I think we gained a lot of experience talking about myself. Like I didn't, I haven't started in games or I didn't do that in 2019 and being able to get six games um, and not count against my eligibility was huge. Um, and I think we're, we're going to see a lot of growth from 2020 to 2021 for this program. Rick, when you think about football as well on the field and, and you've alluded so much to having those, the issues off of the field 
become so prevalent in the locker room in terms of having those conversations and really bonding together as a team to have uh, to, to put some perspective on things. Does that make you more apt to work harder on the football field just now having that perspective of, wow, in the grand scheme of things, football, we're just so, you know, so lucky to be here. So, you know, kind of blessed to be playing the sport, whereas a lot of people are not able to be in that position. Yeah, it's it's a blessing. And I and I think it'd be foolish for us to just I know I'm even I'm I'm uh, guilty of doing it at times. I try not to. But like the fact that we got to play six games this year is huge. Some teams um, are battling to even get the opportunity to play this um, this spring season and stuff like that. And people are debating whether or not to leave schools because of stuff like that. So the, the blessing that we got to play six games, um, the season didn't go exactly how we wanted to, but like it, it truly was a blessing that we got to play six games. We got to bond as a team, learn more about each other, um, win, lose, or draw. Like th- those are my people. Um, and I'm really, I'm glad we got six opportunities to do it this year. Rick, before we get you out of here, you look at it today and, and take everything in, MLK Day, learning, more and more each day, continuing to have these conversations. How how does, if somebody wants to get involved, wants to help make change and and speak to kind of some plans that with, with SAC coming up that you guys are, are planning to do in February, just as kind of a teaser for people to, to kind of uh, be ready for coming up? Yeah, um, I, I think for people who are in the position where they want to, they want to, um, are leaning towards like I, I want to do something. I want to be more a part of what's going on. Like the the first step is doing it. The first step is asking, being bold enough to say this is what I want to do and going after it. Because um, at, at this rate, like no one no one's gonna sit here and do it for you. Um, and so, to, in order for stuff to get done, you're gonna have to be bold and say this. At the same time, at that rate, not being foolish enough not to ask for help. There's a lot of people I've learned just talking through, talking to you guys, talking to uh, Scott Weatherby, um, my coaches and stuff like asking for help. I learned a lot about stuff like that. So and then speaking on the whole stuff with SAC, we, we have a lot planned for Black History Month. Um, there's not there's more than uh, February for Black History Month. Like, I, I know we have a whole we have a bunch of other um, subcommittees mental health awareness, leadership and development, all of that stuff who also have like, we have a lot of stuff planned for uh, this upcoming semester. Um, so February is gonna be the big one that I'm a part of the uh, diversity and inclusion subcommittee. Um, so I, we're, we're really excited about the stuff that's going on. Wouldn't say we have exact details on that right now, but uh, definitely like we have a lot of stuff in the works about that. There's, you know, a lot of people in this world that have the ability to make a difference and have good ideas, but just don't go out and, and voice those opinions or, or use the courage to do that. And you certainly, as a young adult, have done that. And so I, I can't tell you how proud of uh, you we are. I know I speak for Greg in that regard, too. You have a, a huge difference. And one thing before we let you go that, that you said today that really struck a chord with me was that f- 55, 60 years ago, you and I couldn't have this conversation. And so uh, I know that there's a long way to go, but the fact that we're able to have you here and, and 
you to speak on these issues is certainly important to us and we, we can't thank you enough for doing it. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate that. That's it for this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening. For Greg Steiner, I'm Alex Jewell reminding you to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts or go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your digital media to stay connected with us every Monday. As always, follow us on social media for the most up-to-date information on EMU Athletics.